Financial Residency is proud to bring you Grand Rounds with Dr. Tammy. Each week, Tammy Krause explores a new topic related to achieving financial independence by building and protecting your wealth. She invites guests who are experts in their fields who will share honest and valuable advice on a variety of topics. If you have an idea for a podcast, please email Tammy, that's T-A-M-M-Y, at financialresidency.com. Now grab your front row seat to this week's Grand Rounds. Hi, and welcome back to Grand Rounds. I've been thinking lately that we need to hear more stories from physicians. Let's hear about how physicians have achieved financial independence, Let's hear how other physicians have pivoted to make medicine or their career, you know, meaningful for them again. And today I have a fascinating story that I can't wait to hear and I can't wait to share with you guys to hear how someone just actually made their career something totally different from medicine, kind of realized that maybe that wasn't exactly right for her. So today I would like to welcome Chelsea Turgeon. She is the podcast host of Life After Medicine and best-selling author of Residency Dropout. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on here today. I cannot wait to hear your story. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to share it with you. So my understanding is you went through medical school just like anyone else. You started residency and realized that just wasn't the life for you. Or how did you get to that point? Yeah, I think it was a gradual buildup. I think there was like when I look back in hindsight, which is always just so clear (laughs) looking back, I realized I went into medicine initially for the wrong reasons. And when I say wrong, I just mean like reasons that weren't serving me, reasons that weren't really in the interest of my ultimate like happiness and fulfillment when it comes to my career. I think a lot of us, we make this decision when we're very young. Like I personally was... 20 years old when I got into medicine. I remember it was like the week before I turned 21, I got into med school and I was like, oh, I can't even go out to the bars to celebrate because I'm 20 years old. And so it's like I made that decision to go into medicine when I was so young. We even, you know, we do pre-med and everything before that, before I really understood what I wanted from my life, before I understood what my values were, what sort of lifestyle I wanted. And then you just sort of get on the pathway to medicine, which can feel a bit like a conveyor belt at times. So I initially wanted to go into medicine because I thought I wanted to be a psychiatrist. I studied psychology. That was my major in undergrad. And then was trying to make a decision about if I wanted to go to medical school to be a psychiatrist or if I wanted to become like a clinical, like a psychologist, a therapist type of person, type of role. And then I just made the decision based on very superficial reasons (laughs) about that I would go to medical school instead. So I would sort of like float the ideas of my career path out to peers and friends and like parents and their friends and that sort of thing. And I would say, well, I'm either going to go to med school or I'm going to become a therapist. And everyone would just sort of have the same reaction when I talked about med school. They would say, oh, you're going to become a doctor. Like you must be really smart. And as a teenager, you're just really craving that validation from your peers and from people who are authority figures to you. And so it just felt like I think I just slowly started to internalize that like being a doctor was going to be this like really prestigious career path that was going to make people really impressed with me and it's going to make me feel really good about myself. And so I just sort of made that decision based on those reasons and found myself in med school where as the years passed within med school, I slowly started to realize this was not actually 
right for me. Like there was just so many things that didn't feel aligned. I noticed during like my third and fourth year when I was on rotations, I just couldn't wait to get out of the hospital. And I dreaded going into the hospital. And I thought maybe this is just because I'm like a third year and I don't know what I'm doing yet. And let me wait till I get better at it. So there's just a lot of ways I could sort of rationalize how I was feeling. But I think I had this this knowingness deep down that medicine wasn't right for me, but I just didn't know how to articulate that and I didn't know how to listen to it. And then when everyone else around you is sort of ushering you along the pathway, it's easy to just keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep showing up. That's kind of how I got along the path of medicine. So at what point, I mean, you went all the way into residency, didn't you? Before you finally said, hey, this is not what I need to be doing. Yeah, I did. So I ended up leaving during my second year of OBGYN residency. And I think the reason it took me so long was because I wanted to keep, I kept telling myself, well, let me just wait and see if it gets better in this space. Let me just wait and see if it gets better. I'm actually being a doctor. Because I was like, maybe the reason I don't like it is because as a med student, I don't really have a real role. I feel like I'm in the way a lot. I don't really know what I'm doing. So maybe it'll be better when I'm actually paid to be there. And I actually have a role and I'm supposed to be there. And it did in some way, you know, there was definitely like the feeling of like, I'm in the way that wasn't there. I felt very useful and very like (laughs) they needed me. So that part shifted and changed. That problem was solved. But the underlying feeling of like, this is just not my work. I'm just not really interested in science. I'm just not really interested in the human body. I really love the mind. I love psychology. I also loved being outside. I loved hiking and traveling. And I just wanted, I felt like my soul was just craving more freedom. And I felt so confined and constricted within the hospital. I also don't, I don't know who does, but I fully don't function well on sleep with sleep deprivation. I require a solid eight to nine hours every single night. And I was just like the sleep deprivation in residency was just slowly starting to like whittle away at my sanity. And so I think I knew from it was like November of my first year of residency that I didn't want to continue. But I kind of convinced myself to continue to push through because I didn't want to quit when I was on a low, I didn't want to quit when I felt like I'm quitting because I'm bad at this. I didn't want to look back later and think, did I just quit because it was new and it was a challenge I hadn't mastered? So I waited until I got to the end of my intern year where I felt like I was reasonably competent. Obviously, I had such a long way to go, but I felt like, okay, I have the hang of the hospital. I know what I'm doing. I'm getting good feedback from my attendings and I don't care and I don't want to be here. And just because I've gotten better at it, I still am not interested in doing this. And so at that point, I really started to seriously consider changing. And then I hit this like rock bottom of burnout pretty early on in my second year and ended up taking a five-week leave of absence and just journaling, meditating, doing yoga every day, really connecting into myself, getting a little bit of space from the hospital, just taking some time off to rest and recover. And by the end of that five weeks, it was so clear to me that I did not want to go back. So that's when I turned in my resignation letter and made the decision to leave. Did you have parents who were supportive or a mentor at your residency program? I mean, that sounds like such a huge decision. And you were still so young. Yeah. You know, all of that yeah, in mind. <laughs> yeah. And so I made it like a pact to myself that I didn't want to let anyone else influence my decision. Not that I didn't have people 
who like I trusted and who supported me. I just knew right. that like at the end of the day, this was my life and this was a decision I was going to have to make fully by myself. So when it came to the making of the decision, that was totally me. I really, I didn't ask anyone for their opinions. They <laughs> gave me their opinions. I had many, many unsolicited opinions and I just would sort of nod and, you know, try to understand where people are coming from. But I didn't because, you know, everyone's opinion for me was just stay, just finish. Yeah. As if it's like this easy, like, oh, just finish. When people say that, that's hilarious to me because as if residency is this like easy thing that you can phone in. <laughs> you can just like. Oh, that's a casual two and a half, four years. That's not going to be a problem, right? It was like, it was taking every ounce of me to be able to show up every day. So yeah, I didn't, I did not consult anyone when it came to making the decision. When I did tell my family and different mentors within the hospital, initially they were very shocked, but pretty quickly they came around because they saw how confident I was in the decision. Because even when everyone told me I was crazy, I did not waver. I was, I didn't feel a sense of doubt. I really just had this knowing of like, and it's not that I knew it was going to be the right decision. I just knew I was going to do this. And even if it turned out to be a total disaster, that was the disaster I was choosing. So what next? I mean, where did you go? What did you do? Because I mean, one year of residency doesn't really prepare you for another career necessarily. You can't be a nurse or, you know whatever. Yeah. And so I was pretty clear at that point that I wanted to get away from the medical field for a period of time. And I I wanted to travel. I wanted to write. Writing is something that's always been big for me. And so initially I thought, oh, traveling, writing, I'm going to be a travel blogger, <laughs> which is adorable now that I look at that. <laughs> so I literally, I bought this like travel blogging course and I started my blog, theturquoisetraveler.com. And I was like, okay, well, it's going to take a while to make money from this. So in the meantime, I need to find a source of income. And so then I was like kind of looking through different travel blogs and I was looking at like, okay, how do we make money while still traveling? Like, how does that work? And I came upon the concept of teaching English in a foreign country. So like as a native English speaker, all I needed was this certification that I could get through an online course. It's a TEFL certification. I was able to get that really easily. Got a job teaching English in South Korea. And I just bought a one-way plane ticket to South Korea. And I had an in-person job teaching English there for a year. That was always supposed to be just a bridge job for me. So it was just something I did to pay the bills while I was figuring out my next steps. And so during that year, I was also doing a life coaching certification. And I was learning everything about online marketing, building up an online business and brand. I was just like going to Apple podcast school. I'd listen to every single podcast I could get my <laughs> hands on and learned everything I could about how to make money online. And did all of that bring a smile to your face? Did you know that you were on the right path, even if you hadn't found your destination yet? A hundred percent. And so very clearly, like very early on, even before... I had fully left because I turned in my resignation letter, but I like decided to work for three more months in the hospital to just sort of like help them transition out of me being there while I was waiting until my job in South Korea started. <laughs> so I turned in my resignation letter like November of 2018. My job in South Korea started February of 2019. So I was like, all right, in the meantime, I'll just work in the hospital part time. I was able to 
like start working on my online business at that point. And I like just every podcast I listened to, every course that I took, everything that I did to immerse myself in that world, it just felt like, why haven't I been doing this my whole life? Like being an entrepreneur felt so right. The idea of traveling felt so right. Like all of the parts of it just, it lit me up in a way that learning about physiology and anatomy just never did. Yeah. And you have taken your life to help other physicians try and figure out their life. I mean, you've become a coach. You help people with burnout. How did you get from point A to B there? I mean, there seems like there must be such a vast journey in between those two points. Yeah. And I never would have envisioned that. So it's not like when I was, you know, making my decision to leave in 2018 that I was like, I'm going to leave and then I'm going to help other people, you know, other medical professionals, you know, find their way out or find their way to happiness. That was never what was in my plan at all. (laughs) So initially I was like, you know, I wanted to be a travel blogger. I wanted to be because I was always interested in psychology initially. I loved the idea of like personal growth, spirituality, human potential. And then I came upon the field of coaching and I was like, this feels like it's sort of a way for me to kind of fulfill that, that goal of being a therapist or psychologist, but without having to go all the way back to school for it. So I started just coaching anyone and everyone who would let me. During that year, I was teaching English. I literally just would go to cafes after the school day was over and coach every other English teacher on the island. So they would all just like come to the cafe and we would just like talk about whatever problem they had. And I'd practice my coaching skills for the certification. And so for like about two years, I was a general life coach. And I just learned everything about how to help people get out of their own way, change limiting beliefs, achieve the goals that they want, identify what they want. Just like really learned all the principles of general life coaching through practice, through tons and tons of practice and through reading books and certifications and all of that, really just immersing myself within that. And slowly I started to notice that what people kept coming to me for was questions about career. (laughs) I'm like, what do I do for my career? I'm unhappy in this. And it was people who really resonated with what I personally did. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then I started more career coaching, but just for anyone and everyone. And initially I was like, young female professionals, that's who I'm going to coach. And then it just started to evolve to like, actually, when the pandemic happened, I started to just get more and more healthcare workers coming to me saying, I'm burnt out. How did you get out? Then I just slowly decided, okay, I'm going to actually niche down and specifically talk to healthcare professionals and help them with burnout, help them with career transition, help them just find their own way to happiness and fulfillment. So it happened fairly organically over a few years. And it was January 2021 when I officially you know, made the change to I changed my blog from the turquoise traveler.com to coachchelsmd.com and made that transition to specifically helping healthcare professionals. And I'm sure this isn't an easy question with just a canned answer, but how do you help other people find their why and their path? Yeah. And it's, it doesn't even have to be a canned answer because it's just such a, to me, it's such an obvious answer. And now that I've worked with so many people for so many years, we all know our path on some level. It's within us. We all have a sense of what our purpose is or what our next step to discovering it is. Like those answers are already within us. The problem is we have layers and layers of things on top of that sort of block it and prevent us from connecting to it. So really all I'm helping people do is release all of the like the shoulds, 
the expectations that were put on them, the stories from childhood about who they needed to be, the limit limiting beliefs that they've learned about what they can and can't do. Like I just help them remove and release all of those layers, the fear around what if I fail? What if I embarrass myself? What if I make the wrong decision? We just like, you just clear all that out. <laughs> and then what we're left with is what's really true for them. So it's really just a remembering process. And that's what I love so much about it is because I'm never there to give you advice. I'm never there to present you with a list of options about here are the different paths you can take with this degree. <laughs> I'm here to, which like, it's fine. There's people who do that and there's people who want that and that's fine, but that is not what I do at all. I really just help you release everything that's in the way of who you really are and connect back to your true self. I love it. Now, let's talk about the elephant in the room. I assume you didn't come from the wealthiest family in the United States, and you're probably like all the rest of us and came out with student loan debt. What do you do with that crushing debt when you decide to pivot and change careers? Yeah, so I think the first thing is I had to change the way I thought about it from crushing debt, because that's how a lot of people think about it, to a more neutral mindset around the debt. And so when I when I was like really unhappy and wanting to leave medicine, I actually did a like one of those free consultation calls with this physician burnout coach. And this was during my five week leave of absence from residency. And she asked me some questions that are pretty standard coaching questions that I now know. But at the time, it was like really revolutionary to me. So one of the things she said is like, you know, if I had a magic wand you could have anything you wanted for your career, what would it look like? And I described my day to her. My day had nothing to do with medicine. And I think she was sitting there <laughs> scratching her head like, so like, you're not seeing patients, you're not practicing. And I was like, no. I was like, I'm just going to a cafe and I'm opening up my computer and I'm working. And she's, she's like, what are you working on? I was like, I have no idea, but I love it. <laughs> and so, so I described this day that's completely unrelated to medicine. And then she's like, okay, so like, What's keeping you from doing that? Like, what is what are the things that are stopping you from living that? If that's what you want, what's in the way? And I said, my student loans. Um, and then she's like, okay, student loans, anything else? And I sat there and like scanned anything else that was stopping me. And I was like, no, that's it. And for some reason, like realizing that the literal only thing standing between me and this life that felt so juicy to be living <laughs> was my loans. I was like, it's not, I'm not okay with that. I'm, that's not going to be what my reality is and what my story is. And so then in that moment, I realized like, it's not actually my loans that are keeping me stuck. It's my beliefs around my loans, my beliefs around my earning potential, my beliefs around what's possible, like how it's possible to pay them back. It was all of those things that were actually keeping me. And I think that's really important to distinguish between. It's not the money. It's not the debt. Because when you say it like that, it becomes this entity outside of you that you feel powerless over. And so really getting clear about like what specifically about the money. And then what you come down to is it's your assumptions around like one of my assumptions was being a doctor is the only way to like make a six-figure salary. It's the only way I know to make enough of a salary to be able to pay back my loan. And so that's that's a limiting assumption, right? Like that could be true. And being a doctor is a way to make a six-figure salary. It's a way that you know. It's a way that there's a path laid out that you're on. But 
I decided like that's not that can't be the only way first of all that can't be the only way so then I started looking for like is it possible to build a six-figure business online because this isn't something that the internet I mean I graduated undergrad in 2013 and med school in 2017 and so I think like online businesses and you know Instagram being a tool to monetize all of that stuff is like relatively new and it wasn't anything that was on my radar definitely not in college and not really in med school either it kind of started to come out more and more in residency but I started just looking into like do people do this like can you make money like good money having an online business and I started to find evidence of people who were building six-figure businesses online and I just decided okay if other people can do it why can't I why can't I be a person who, who does that too and so I just sort of took a risk I took a gamble because it's not like no one was guaranteeing me that I could do that, but I was sure I want to try. I'm going to just see if I could do that, if I can find a way to match my, you know, what would have been my attending salary, doing something else and doing something I really enjoy. So I have to fangirl for a minute. Tell me about your day today. Where are you? <laughs> what are you going to do? What does today look like? Yeah. So today's almost over for me, but today was actually a really wonderful day. It's a, it's a perfect day for me to tell you about it. So I'm in Bulgaria right now, Bansko, Bulgaria, which is a little ski town in Eastern Europe. And I started off my day learning how to ski. And it's only the second day I've ever skied. And so it was really terrifying. <laughs> like I was trying to learn <laughs> how to do the turns. And I was on a hill that was much steeper. Like I took one lesson on Saturday for two hours. And then today I was like, all right, I'm going to do the big kid slopes. By big kid, I, it's just the blue run. But yeah, I started learning how to do the turns and the all of that and how to control my speed. And so I spent the morning learning how to ski with a friend. Then we went and got lunch together. And then I came to the co-working space around like 2.30 and started getting some work done for the day. So I have... I'm launching a group coaching program coming up and I was looking through testimonials from the last group program and just sort of getting those ready to share with people, getting some emails ready to share. So just on my laptop working. And then I now I have this podcast interview with you. I have a client call and then I'm doing a Facebook live. And then I think that's all I have on the dock for today. Amazing. It sounds like you hit your stride. You found exactly what you were looking for and you're living the life that you want, not the one that you felt pressured into. Yes, that's exactly what it is. I've learned how to listen and it changes every day. Like, right, this is a this is a really cool day for me. Not every single day is like this. Some days are just like lay on the couch and just like <laughs> not do anything. And some days I am more stressed about work. And so, you know, it's like today was a wonderful day, but I don't want to paint the picture that sure it's always perfect and incredible. But I would say overall, my life feels so much more full than it did when I was working in medicine. And it's not because of medicine, it's because I was doing work that wasn't aligned with my values. And that led to burnout. And that led to me feeling like this empty shell of a person that led me to feeling bitterness and resentment and all of that. And so now it's just like, that's just gone. And I just feel a lot of gratitude and excitement for like each day. When you work with other physicians, do all of them leave medicine or do some of them pivot and do something else within the medicine world? Or, I mean, how does your coaching really work? Yeah. And so not all of them leave medicine. Most of them leave the current job they're at. That is a trend I've noticed that I think almost everyone who I work with has 
turned in their resignation of the current job that they're at. But some people pivot to do like direct primary care or like telemedicine or just some sort of like medicine on their own terms. Some people just change settings that they're at. So I had one patient who was doing or one patient, one one client who was doing outpatient clinic work and she pivoted into becoming a hospitalist. And so that was helpful. I had a patient. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I had a client who was working in the ED and she pivoted to doing wound care and then starting a side gig. So it really, it's like you never know what's going to come up. And that's one of the fun parts for me because it's not like I'm trying to funnel people towards any one thing. I'm trying to help them just connect to their own truth. And a lot of my clients really are people who like, like they they love helping people and they want to do something in the health and healing world. So some of them also become coaches. Some of them recently have become more like nutrition, holistic health coaches, that type of thing, or like lifestyle medicine, functional medicine, that sort of thing too. So a lot of people who stay medicine adjacent in some way, but then I had one client recently who like started an e-commerce business. And so it's like, you just never know. That's a change. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Do you still have openings in the group session that you talked about that you're getting ready to start again? Yeah, yeah, I do have openings. We're rolling it out to the wait list right now. And then if there's spots after that, then we'll have openings. We're going to be starting March 6th is like our start date. So if people contact me before, I'm sure we'll be able to fit them in. Well, if someone is having some burnout and want to get in touch with you, Chelsea, how would they do that? I think one of the best ways is just send me an email, hello at coachchelsmd.com. I respond to all my emails. I also, if you're in the social media world, if you want to message me on Instagram, I'm very active there as well. My handle is at coachchelsmd. So those would be two really solid ways to get in touch with me. Do you want to spell that just to make sure we don't have anybody that can't find you? Yeah. So the email address is hello, H-E-L-L-O at and then Coach Chels, M-D, C-O-A-C-H-C-H-E-L-S-M-D. Great. I'm old. I would have made me spell it 12 <laughs> different ways and not found you. So <laughs> No, it's good. It's good. Well, Chelsea, thanks for sharing your story. Is there any part of that story that we've, you know, didn't go down the pathway to answer that you wanted to share? No, I think we touched on all of it. Okay. So thanks for letting me talk through it all. And I would just say like, for anyone listening, if you're feeling unhappy in some way in your career, I would just encourage you to lean into that and to honor that discontent. I think sometimes we try to write it off when we try to say, I shouldn't be unhappy because this is the job I've been working towards, or I should just be grateful because other people would kill to have a job. You know, we sort of like dismiss our own feelings, but I think the best thing you can do is just lean into them and get curious about them and know that like it matters if you're unhappy. That matters big time. I love it. Well, thanks again for being on the show today. And I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. I hope you'll tune in next week for Grand Rounds. Thanks for having me.